paradox of this is that my job is not to be the expert. You know, as a coach, my job is to help you tap into your own expertise. It is, so it's you're quite not hard. here as a coach. <laughs> this is my challenge, right? <laughs> Hello, it's Simon, and today's guest on Just About Coping is Tony Piper. Tony is a stress and burnout coach who first reached out to me on social media when I wrote an article about avoiding summer burnout, and he took me to task a bit, saying, good article, but you've forgotten one key point which is to make sure that workplaces are doing everything they can to remove the causes of burnout in the first place so i'm delighted that tony's here we talked about burnout we talked about stress we talked about self-care and if you're interested in those things i'm sure you're going to enjoy listening to this conversation with tony so do you want to just tell me a bit about who you are and how you came to be a person who likes talking about burnout. <laughs> well, it's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Simon. So I'm a coach. Um, before I became a coach, I had a 27-year career in the IT industry, uh, but I was always much more interested in the people side of things as much as the tech. And over the years, I had uh, my own experiences of things that I would later come to understand to be certainly on the road to burnout, if not total burnout. Mm-hmm. And what I realized as I transitioned into being a coach is that this can be quite a um, common journey for a lot of people, especially people who are high achievers, especially people who are maybe um, promoted quite rapidly at a young age, and that was a lot of my story. Um, maybe people who have quite a caring disposition. There are all sorts of factors that can combine and mean that in some situations you can be quite prone to this. And I suppose this is one of those law of attraction things is that once you start thinking about this, then you start meeting people who are in this situation. And I find myself working with people who are going through this at the moment. And so um, the World Health Organization um, defined burnout as an occupational phenomenon earlier um, this year. Mm. And what they have described it as, just so that we're really clear what we're talking about, is a syndrome which is conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Talk about three dimensions, so feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficacy. And then they talk about burnout referring specifically to phenomena in the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of of life. And so I think it's you know, just really important because so often you know, we will talk about feeling um, burnt out and yes. yet you know, we're, we're in this context at least talking about it in a very specific sort of context. So if you were to just reflect a bit about what it is that you... So you've talked about the types of people that you've mm-hmm. seen, but what is it that, that in your experience leads to people uh, you know, getting that sense of burnout? Is it you know, too much to do, too much on the to-do list? Is it that the work is, is outside the technical skills? You know, are there particular things which you, 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 you experience lead to, to burnout or is it 
more random than that. Well, the, the clue to that is in uh, chronic unmanaged stress, which is in that definition you just read out. And those stresses could be all sorts of things. You've, you've already uh, named some of them. So it could be about workload. You know, if you're working 18-hour days uh, for a long period of time, you're going to get physically exhausted, right? Uh, if you're doing work that is uh, boring, what's going to happen to you? If you're being managed in a way that's not right for you, which is too much management or too little management, what's going to happen to you? What happens if you fall out of alignment with the values of your organization? Maybe they've changed over the years. Maybe there's been uh, a merger and acquisition situation where all of a sudden a new culture has come in and you're suddenly, this isn't the company I used to work for. Mm. Um, often it can be a perfect storm. And the interesting thing about the WHO definition is they talk about workplace stress. In my experience as a coach, what I'm finding is that often it's workplace stress coinciding with other stress. Okay. Okay. Now, the challenge for employers, of course, is that you don't necessarily know what's going on outside the workplace. Yeah. You don't know if somebody is, uh, for example, caring for a relative, and normally they can manage that, and they've got flexible working, and you know, they're managing to you know, keep that going. But then what happens when that relative goes into hospital, mm. for example? And mm. as an employer, you may know about it, or you may not know about it. And meanwhile, it's uh, month end or there's a surprise unannounced audit team arriving or Ofsted inspection or whatever it could be. And often these things all come together. And that could be the final thing uh, that tips you into uh, towards the end stages of burnout. But it's important to say that burnout is a gradual journey. Uh, the flame doesn't suddenly go out. It sort of flickers and dims. Yeah. Yeah, but it does eventually go out. So, just tell us, you know, what what does burnout look like? How do you know it's happening? Well, it's this gradual journey of uh, physical and uh, emotional exhaustion, of um, cynicism about work, and about um, a lack of sort of achievement, um, sort of ineffectiveness, maybe. It's those, those three things that are in that World Health Organization definition. So to unpack those a little bit more, uh, physical and emotional exhaustion, I mean, physical exhaustion, uh, we, we know when we're tired. Um, but it could be other things like, you know, ongoing headaches uh, or stomach trouble or, you know, maybe blurry vision or can't concentrate and focus. Uh, we might be emotionally uh, up and down. We might be... Uh, more sad than we usually are, or um, all sorts of other, all sorts of other. I mean, people respond emotionally to stress in all sorts of ways. Some people uh, almost get quite sort of uh, uh, high on it. Almost, I've seen this, which is which is an interesting response. Um, but you'll know when you, you know physically and emotionally things are off. I think is the safest thing to say. All right, and then. Uh, the next one is is about cynicism and about how do you feel about your job? Are you achieving anything? And if you do achieve it, is it valuable? Um, what's the point? You know, these kind of questions start to come up. Um, why am I bothering to do this? Uh, um, you know, am I making a difference? Which sort of touches on the values stuff. You know, am I am I actually doing work that's important to me? Am I connected to work that's important to me? 
And then finally, the, the, the performance piece, you know, am I getting stuff done? Am I doing it to the right standard? Um, have people noticed whether I am or am not doing that? Mm. Right? So there are those three groups, and that's in the World Health Definition. Mm. Um, there are four questions I think you can ask yourself on a regular basis. The first one is, you know, how well am I sleeping? Am I getting to sleep quickly? And not because maybe I've had half a bottle of wine or some sleeping tablets or anything else. Uh, and once I get asleep, am I staying asleep through, during the night? Or am I waking up in the middle of the night worrying about stuff that's going on? So that's the first one. Second one is, how do I feel when I wake up? Am I refreshed? Am I excited about the day ahead? Or is it something else? Third one, leaving work, am I switching off? both physically in terms of you know, my apps, am I looking at my notifications and email and all the rest of it, or you know, mentally am I churning things around in my head you know, and thinking about what's, what's just happened in the day uh, in a way that's kind of ruminating rather than reflecting, or am I worrying about the stuff I haven't done, or am I you know, worrying about you know, an email that's going to come in from the East Coast team in the middle of the evening and somebody's going to want an answer because we're a global company and you know, that's kind of expected of me. Um, so are you switching off? Uh, and then the final one is just about how am I with my relationships? Am I getting irritated with people? Uh, or am I withdrawing from people? They're the two classic signs of that. So you can ask yourself those four questions on a regular basis. And, you know, the how, uh, if you want to add to that, you know, how do I feel on Sunday evening? Am I looking forward to the week ahead or have I got this sort of Sunday night blues? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if this is going on for a while, then the chances are there's something you need to do about this. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, you just reminded me, I did a um, commencement speech at my um, uh, Cardiff University graduation ceremony last year and, you know, life isn't always up, but if, yeah. it's, you know, if, you're, if it's down you know, a lot, then what are the changes that need to be making? Yeah. And it's, you know, if, if one Sunday doesn't feel great, fine. But if seven Sundays in a row don't feel great, then there's different... different yeah, this is, the, this is the chronic word in that WHO definition. It's yeah. about something that's gone on for a period of time. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. as you say, there will be fluctuations. Yeah. 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 There's an end stage of burnout where, you know, the flame does go out and... For many people, it can feel like a very strange absence of stuff going on in their head. A lot of the times when we're anxious and stressed about work, we have these voices in our head telling us about all the things that we have or haven't done and how well it didn't go and, and the problem with that person and, oh, if only this, and all this internal dialogue that goes on. And one of the things about burnout is that all of that just stops and you're absolutely numb and there's nothing going on. And when you wake up in the morning, you don't even dread work because you're not even thinking about anything and you just can't get up. And if you do get up, you're not going to get anything done. It's this very strange state. And I always think with a lot of these um, responses to stress, it's helpful to think about this is the body's way of telling you you need to do something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And burnout, like some of the other... Uh, consequences of stress like we talked about um, you know heart disease and this kind of thing this is your body really getting quite serious about this now and it's like if you're not going to do anything about this I'm going to stop you even getting out of bed yeah. 
This is the ultimate nope. Which is um, what Ruby uh, in the first episode described as, you know, our bodies are onesie. We often think of our brain and our bodies are separate, but actually yeah. we've got yeah, this onesie which is yeah. going on. And, and of course, you know, that, uh, the, the asking ourselves the questions um, and we um, have a, a weekly checkup set of questions on right. um, MHFA England's um, website is about trying to ensure that we um, can notice and get help, get support, yeah. take action before that stage. But clearly, um, you know, it's really um, vital that people uh, you know, do get that help and support at the point that burnout does happen. In this is why all of this is so important, because this is the end result this is what happens if you don't yeah absolutely so you're in bed you're lying there you can't get up you know my 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 phrase i think uh, i would use at that point is that you just want the world to do one you know is uh, you know what 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 happens what what advice would would we be giving what 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 should people be thinking about well the first thing you need to do is get some rest and you know that might be a week or so of bed rest it could be it could be that you need to go on holiday and if you're one of these people that doesn't take your holiday allowance this is your time to <laughs> correct that and and get some time out of the situation and hopefully you have an employer who's understanding and you can talk to them about this um, if not you might need to see a gp and your gp is going to be wanting to know about the things that led up to this just in case there's other things going on as well so I think it's probably good practice to talk to a GP about this. Once you've started to rest and recharge uh, on the basis that you are able to do that, the next thing you need to do is to identify the source of your stress and think about everything going on in your life. As I said before, this is often a, a perfect storm of workplace and personal stress that's going on. So it might be that on their on by themselves those sources of stress are, are manageable but it's the way they've come together and then you're going to need to put some work in to figure out whether you can eliminate those sources of stress or whether you can uh, respond to them in different ways mm. you know it could be that some simple workplace adjustments uh, or some stronger boundaries about timekeeping and making sure you're going home and switching off um, could be the thing that helps you but it might be that uh, there's something about your role that needs to change. Maybe you've been, you know, covering for other people, and you know that's the the article that brought us together in the first place around mm, summer mm. burnout, where you're covering for people. Mm, mm. Um, it might be that's been going on for a bit too long. It might be that your uh, manager is also burning out, and they've been pushing everything onto you because they can't cope with it. And you know, guess what? That's going to affect you. It might be that. So, so I guess just to uh, sorry to interrupt on that. It feels like what you're really saying is it's that deep reflection on where, what, and then trying to work out how to how to eliminate, to yeah. manage, and to and it and it might be that you can do that yourself, or it might be it's easier to talk through with somebody else. Yeah. And it doesn't have to necessarily be somebody who's a, an expert in this. Yeah. It's just somebody who can listen and ask the questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 yeah, as with all these situations, yeah, the most important thing is never thinking that you're alone and never thinking Absolutely. that you have to do these things on, yeah. on, on your own. And that talking 
helping, asking for help is absolutely the bravest and, and best thing to do in all of these situations. Yeah. yeah. In your role um, as a coach, where you've been um, working with people, you will obviously have seen the good, the bad and, and the ugly. Mm. Um, and it's often easier to talk about when things go wrong. But are there examples that you can draw um, on where you think about where managers, organizations, HR, whoever, um, manage to get it to get it right, either to prevent the burnout in the first place or uh, to ensure that somebody was adequately supported through the, the process of recovery? Okay, so preventing burnout is all about uh, managing, identifying and manage, managing the sources of stress, okay? So that could be uh, learning to cope with those sources of stress differently or ideally removing them altogether. Some things you can remove, some things you can't. And organisations that have managers uh, who are well trained at uh, really checking in with their employees, uh, maybe they're also organisations that are really paying attention to employee engagement Maybe they're organisations that see the need for mental health first aid practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all organisations that are more likely to be having the kind of conversation uh, about how an employee is feeling about uh, showing up at work and how they're doing, what needs to change, if anything, and so on and so forth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 if you were to yeah, the corollary of that, think about just being really explicit where organizations are not uh not addressing the factors of burnout or not noticing when people are um, being stressful are there any sort of real um uh key things which which organizations are failing to do in those moments i mean it's always it's a slightly obvious question they're failing to stress they're failing to remove Mm. the stresses but are there are there any sort of insights which you've got through the process in which you can you can think about that well i had one yesterday that came up and that was about you know we're getting to the end of the year and i was thinking about people who and i'd had my own experience of this uh, where people can carry forward or cash in their holiday entitlement okay that's quite a big red flag because it says you've not taken time off now there might be good reason for that uh, maybe you're saving for a you know a big trip to the other side of the world uh, but it might be that you felt unable to take that time off because you've there's a culture of uh sort of presenteeism uh, where you have to be at work and be seen to be arriving at work before uh, your line manager and leaving afterwards mm-hmm. And that if you take time off, then maybe that would be uh, perceived as a sign of not coping or, you know, back to this quote unquote bravery thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there can be these cultures that just reward people for working very, very long hours. And ultimately that's going to unravel. Uh, I do some work with people in consultancy and, you know, they're all famous for... uh, working very, very long hours, often uh, away from home mm. uh, for long stints on very you know, challenging projects. Uh, without the right amount of self-care, they are quite dangerous places to work. Mm. And so we'll come back to um, self-care uh, a bit um, uh, in, in a moment. But I guess um, just to be um, really interesting to just talk about 
you know holidays and uh the importance of uh people taking holidays and one of the things which i know from personal experience is um that you can either go on holiday and properly go on holiday where you turn the phone off and you don't do anything or you can go on holiday and you're basically still at work just not um in the office um if you were thinking about uh your your clients clearly we as employers have responsibilities but also as as people as employees we also have our own responsibilities to turn off our phones um, etc yeah are there are there ways that uh people that you've worked with have coached themselves away from their phones coached themselves away from checking uh, uh the emails and and really recognize that life can go on uh yeah without being connected into work whilst taking time out certainly there are some organizations where for example you have to have you know a work phone and a private phone and you you can't access work email on your private phone and for as much of a pain that that can be carrying two phones around and keeping them charged and everything else it does mean that you can give your work phone to your manager uh, the day before you go on holiday and some organizations i know will turn off access to email for people who are going on holiday Mm. uh, which I think is a really progressive thing (laughs) Um, some organizations uh, will have a culture where it's definitely frowned upon to send messages to people who you know to be on holiday Mm. and it's something that you know you can expect to get some feedback on if you do now of course with automated emails for groups and all the rest of it, that can be hard to avoid, but certainly creating a culture where um, I didn't want to disturb you on holiday, so I'm not going to, uh, is a lot more than, well, I'm going to send it and know that you'll come back to an inbox of, you know, 500 emails. Yeah, yeah. So there's things we can do for each other as colleagues, let alone as managers, uh, to make uh, it easier uh, for each other to take proper time out, right? I mean, the way I always think about self-care is that self-care is the thing that charges you up in order to care about other people and other things. So you start with self-care. It's not something you do to fix things yeah. after you've run out. Yeah. It's how you start from a place of caring for self. Because if you can't care for yourself, you can't care for anybody else. Yeah. And I learned a thing this week, actually, um, which is that you can uh, get all of your apps to close down at a certain time of, yeah. of night. So... Um, that, that it's not tempting uh, yeah. or it's not quite as easy. It's an extra couple of clicks in order to be able to get to your email. So for anybody that hasn't found it, um, uh, there isn't a facility on on most phones now that you can get everything to close down a particular time. Um, and I've this week set mine to 8 p.m. Fantastic. Uh, let's see whether I stick to it. Well, and I can't wait for the day they, they allow you to set a PIN number that is the thing that lets you get back into the apps so that you can give that PIN number to somebody else and uh, ask them for permission before you quickly sort of uh, uh, succumb to the urge to override it. Never share PIN numbers. (laughs) What we learn in our financial well-being classes. Don't uh, use the same PIN as your bank card. (laughs) Let's just just move move forward. Let's start thinking a little bit about um, some, some states of utopia. Uh, okay. you know, and, and thinking about you know, if we were if we were creating work cultures where uh, burnout just wasn't uh, something which uh, you know, was um, was 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 on the cards for for most 
people. What what things would be being in in place? You know, what 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 would what would chief execs like me um, or or managers be doing and thinking about uh, in order to um, to try and eliminate the uh, the the risks of sure. people experiencing burnout. The first thing I would say to any chief exec is to take responsibility for your own uh, well-being. Because uh, if you're not well, the chances are the rest of us aren't going to be well. Because as you uh, struggle to cope, then it's probably going to have a ripple effect. And one of the uh, things that is often underlooked with well-being and engagement uh, is around some kind of assumption that the people near the top of the organization are, are feeling better about things than the, the people who report to them. And that often isn't true. And as we know, you know, if you're a chief exec, it can be a lonely place. And maybe you don't have people that you can confide in. Maybe you don't have the psychological safety to say, you know what, I'm really finding this hard. Uh, I'm going to get some help. Can you help me with this? That kind of bravery. And, you know, we see the gritted teeth and we just, the determination to carry on. And, you know, if, if you can't look after yourself, if you can't stay well, then, then what hope for the rest of us? So that's the first thing to say. So create a culture. And this is what Brene Brown talks about with this culture of vulnerability, uh, vulnerable leadership rather than armored leadership. Mm -hmm. So as a chief exec, being able to turn around and say, I'm finding this really hard or I don't know what to do. Let's try and figure it out together. Can you help me? Those kind of things are more likely to create the psychological safety that says, oh, okay, yeah, the chief exec isn't some kind of superhero. They're just another human being in a particular role. And it's okay to say, I need help. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you don't go down that route, then one of the signals that you send is that somehow you're in that role as a chief exec because you're somehow, uh, you know, have superpowers or invincible or... Sat here in my cake, kind of thing. for those who can't see. <laughs> <laughs> right? And whether that's what you intended, that's often how it's received. Okay, and people will tend to put people in authority on pedestals. And, you know, that's probably not very helpful. And certainly if they see behaviors in leaders uh, that are unhealthy, there may be some kind of signaling that says this is what we do around here. So it has to start, this is back to the self-care thing. It has to start with you and it has to start at the top. Yeah. And to, to model the... Uh, behaviors that you want to see in everybody else yeah. so um okay let's get personal for a moment mm. um uh so your self-care how do you uh look after yourself i do go to the gym i am one of those people i didn't used to be actually and i used to have all sorts of problems as a result of it so it's only in fairly recent years that i've become that person um and i enjoy being outside i enjoy being out on my bike um I have my little folding Brompton, which probably looks like a clown bike from a distance, but actually it brings me much joy. Um, and I'm also a singer. Uh, and until recently, I did a professional job singing for seven years, and I'm having a bit of a break from that. But that brings me a lot of joy. And if I'm not doing that, uh, I'm trying to make sure that I'm getting enough sleep and that I'm not putting too many harmful substances in my body in any one moment and just paying attention to what my body tells me about how I'm feeling and what I need to do. 
Yeah, interesting. Say a bit more about that. Well, I think recognizing that, you know, we all have limited reserves of energy and at any given moment, you know, they're going to be drained in all sorts of different ways. So for me, for example, uh, it might be a surprising fact to some people, but actually I'm quite introverted. And, you know, yet I'm a coach. I spend all my day with people. And I know that if I've done six hours of coaching, I'm going to be no good for anybody. And what I'll need to do is just to go home and curl up with a book and not talk to anybody. And then, you know, in the morning, I'm fine. But if I was then to be booked into a party, you know, that evening or some other kind of social gathering, um, I wouldn't show up in the way that I wanted to show up. Mm -hmm. So it's about having the, I suppose, the self-awareness and you know, acceptance that you can't do everything. Tony, thank you. I think, uh, you know, I just want to end by really just going back to uh, that sort of definition and reminding people that what burnout is, is about chronic workplace stress that right. isn't managed and work will be stressful sometimes, but it is our absolute responsibility as line managers, as chief execs, as organisations to ensure that stresses are managed, that staff are supported um, and that uh, alongside that uh, organisational uh, responsibility there's also the personal responsibility that we all have to do the best we can to look after ourselves. So thank you for um, your challenge um, to me um, in the first place which was don't just deal with the symptoms make sure that you're trying to do everything you can to prevent it in the first place I appreciated that deeply and thanks very much for coming to talk to me today my pleasure so I hope you enjoyed uh, my conversation with Tony if you want to find out more about Tony and his work go to his website tonypiper.coach Next week will be the last episode in this series of Just About Coping and I'm delighted that my final guest is Phil Apokajima and Phil is the Executive Director of the Kaleidoscope Trust and founder of UK Black Pride. So just to finish this episode of Just About Coping, a couple of reviews. One person talking about the conversation with Johnny Benjamin really found the, uh, the point about hope and the importance of hope at the uh, point of diagnosis and in conversations was really powerfully made. And a second review on iTunes which said, just found, finished listening to Simon interviewing Dr. Range. Stuff to relate to, stuff to get inspired by, stuff to make you optimistic and stuff to make you laugh. Thank you very much for all of your reviews. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, being part of these conversations. Please do continue to uh, leave us reviews on uh, iTunes. Please do continue to join the conversation on social media using the hashtag JAC podcast. I'm Simon Blake. Thanks very much for coping with us. Mm-hmm.